0: Hi, this is Viv, and you're listening to the new episode of If I Did, You Can Too. In this episode, my guest is actually an artist, and not any kind of artist that you can think of. He is an origami artist, and because of how unique that is, and all of the beautiful work that he's done, I decided to bring him to the show, because the journey that he got there and how origami just changed his whole life is something that you all need to hear. So why don't we get inspired? Okay, so here we are with yet again, another episode of If I Did You Can Too, and we have a new guest. This is literally the first time that I'm actually talking to this person alone. I only talked to him like for a very brief 15, not even 15 minutes. But I've heard a lot about him. I've listened to the podcast that he was in. I've seen his art. This guy right here is an artist. I know it's not normal for me to bring in artists to the show. But this one right here is artist. And he's origami artist. And I'm just gonna let him tell his story to you guys. Let's see. Hi, Ali. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Hi. Thank you for inviting me. So... I'm an origami artist, um, I've, been, I've been designing, teaching, and also studying origami for about 10 years, but for the last four years, ne- nearly four years, I've been also working as a UX designer in Kafe Bazaar, and now I'm a team leader in Kafe Bazaar, and yeah, that's it.
0: That's awesome, aside from your job and being an origami artist, who is Ali? How do people see you?
1: Probably most of the people know me by my origami works and the photos that I share on on my social media. uh, I very rarely share uh, about my daily job and and UX thing on my social media. So probably I would say people know me by uh, my origami and also Japan.
0: Oh, Japan. That's a very interesting thing. Why don't we just like dive into it, huh? japan when did it start where does it stand in your life tell me
1: right so um back in the 90s when i was two years old my father my family uh, uh, went to japan and uh, my father was studying in the virology and uh, so i was growing up as a kid and i went to kindergarten and also the first grade of the uh, elementary school which was in Japanese, so that's how I got exposed to the Japanese language and the culture and then, when I was eight eight years old, we came back to Iran so um I had that in my in my history, and because I'd never had any anyone to practice uh, uh except my brother uh, to practice Japanese with the only thing that we had um, uh, that we've been in touch with with the Japanese language and the culture was the Cartoons that my mother uh, recorded on the VHS tapes. So yeah, that's, that's how the, uh, childhood, uh, went on. And later on, uh, when I went to, when I went to uni, uh, uh, university again, I, I realized that the origami wasn't something of a child's play. It wasn't just the craft that, that could entertain people definitely it's it's very much entertaining even just as a craft or, or as a uh, as something to play with but it it, it had more uh, a, a more he, uh, science and also um, uh, technique to what i what I would have thought and thanks to internet I was able to search more on on the topic and connect with the people and Uh, yeah so that's how I again encountered the origami Mm -hmm.
0: and connecting with the people that's a very key word right there using the internet and connecting with people you went back to Japan right so how did that happen
1: yeah so when I was like 19 or 20 years old uh, when I started like learning origami in a more serious way and getting more serious about the origami and, and by the way uh, I studied applied mathematics.
0: Oh, me too. You're the only person that I've seen studying applied mathematics. There's no use for me, though. But yeah.
1: Yeah. And and although I, I was studying in University of Tehran, I, I went with, with a huge, like, hope and, and motivation for studying the subject. Right? So... Um, after the concours which i which i had to take like two times the second time i i went into the university i was like finally i went to uh uh an interesting subject in the university and it's uh we we can have fun we can learn a lot of new stuff but but the truth was it, it was so disappointing it was so um frustrating with um that that origami became what do you call it? like an escape thing to to uh to go there and just just uh get out of that that university and all the stuff that's happening outside. So I would say thanks to the worst educational experience I had in the university, <laughs> I was uh, I could dedicate myself entirely to the topic of the origami. That it became as part of my identity, as part of my everyday uh, life. Um, that happened. I, I, I like studied uh, more deep into the origami, and three years later, uh, like it was around like 2013, we submitted a paper to a uh, to a to an every four year scientific origami meeting in the world, which which that year was happening in the Tokyo and Tokyo University. We got accepted, and we were invited to give our presentation along with the other origami researchers, scientists, and artists. So that was my first ever, uh, and the most like, and the highlight of my uh, origami moments that I got invited uh, to uh, to an international origami community. Most of these people, because I had uh, corresponded with them through email. I knew them, but I never had a chance to meet them in person. And this was somehow a dream coming true. And, and to, to give you uh, an idea about how, how interesting this was for me, before, uh, before even I knew that I am able to go to Japan to meet these people, there was a TED talk from Robert J. Lang and he, he's like one of the most famous scientists and artists in the origami. He's an ex NASA engineer, which he dedicated his, wow. which he left his job and, and dedicated himself for almost 20 years to writing about origami. And his TED talk is one of the most famous TED talks because it's also a very old one. I guess it, it was recorded in 2009, if I'm not wrong. And um, it's like 18 minutes of talk, right? I listened to this so many times that I could uh, that I could uh, say the words and the sentences from my memory with uh, the tone of Robert Lang so I was walking and listening to it like hundreds of times because because I liked uh, the whole idea the concept that the whole thing that was happening so you can imagine meeting s- such a person in face to face was was a huge huge thing and we had also exchanged some emails and he's a super kind uh guy anybody who sends him an email he responds to uh uh, kindly and so this was happening in 2014 uh, and then the paper got accepted Uh, me and my friend kumars traveled to japan for one month like the event was two weeks but we stayed more to, uh, to see the rest of the country and travel and backpack and meet the people and about, about the people part, there's a lot of stories to tell about the people part that, uh, might not even that, that we might not even have the time to talk about all of that, but I try to be selective here. Uh, it's not just about the origami people, the professional people, but the random people that you see, uh, here and there. And that makes, that makes an interesting story. That makes a huge part, uh, part of me. And now I say that origami is not just about the art, and the aesthetics, the beauty. It's just about connecting with the people. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know any other way to connect with the people faster than origami. If I knew, probably I would
0: uh,
1: learn that and I would use that.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. This is so beautiful. It's like I'm listening to someone telling a story already. Like I'm not interviewing. I forget that I have to ask questions (laughs) from you. Okay. So tell us. Because I, I, I literally thought you were going to come up with some stories of people that you met. And how they inspired you. And how you actually nurtured that friendship connection with them. And also another question that I have is. Did you just start sending emails to other origami artists be like yo i love this why don't we connect
1: right right so yeah that was that was pretty that uh so in in the first and second year when i when i realized that there's not resources uh of origami in my country i said okay why not ask the author and the artist about the about his book and Maybe he can share a digital version, or he may can uh, he would be able to send even a print version if he, he has an extra. So uh, I was a teacher by then, and I said that I'm I'm but the the subject that I was teaching was related to math and origami. And when I when I sent an email, the author one of the authors uh, Peter Engel said that he can send me the book. And even if I wanted to buy the book, it was out of out of stock. Uh, so he wrote the book uh, one year before I uh, before I was born in 1989, and his book is one of the m- m- most important resources in the origami uh, community. So um, uh, I I contacted with the. Peter Engel and he not only sent me that book but also his other two other books and he signed them and he signed them to me and my students in 2012 so this was like two years before I go to uh, to Japan and Tokyo and and it was unbelievable because I never would have thought um, like just talking with someone over emails would end up me receiving a package from us with uh, so many like um books and and this gave me a, a boost in 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 terms of like studying and getting more serious in in the subject to the point that i was able to also design my own origamis a year later and when i designed my origamis uh uh I had to I had to illustrate them to uh, be able to publish them because origami has steps uh, and diagrams for those who have seen uh, uh, the origami instructions on the internet or or in any book. There's an algorithm that says first step is this, second you have to fold that, and etc. So I that also I learned uh, to work with the vector softwares to draw origamis and my first published or, uh, origami design was in MIT's origami club and I sent that to the MIT origami club and it got accepted they published it uh, and for those who get gets published in in the in their magazine in their annual convention book they would also send you a book so that was my way to getting more resources about book to design and also publish origami designs and they would also send me the convention books back to me, uh, as, as a complimentary, uh, a copy. Uh, so this happened and, 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 and I got more serious and serious. And then I got into, uh, and, and my network grew as, as I was also, uh, talking with people and finding new artists talking, talking about, uh, their style of folding and, this was, this was a really interesting time because currently when I'm looking, I know most of these things, but discovering this for the first time and being in touch with, with such a kind community is, is something that I miss sometimes. I don't know if you, um. if you feel this kind of thing. So for the first time, you're dis- it feels like discovering a gold mine like all the people are super supportive all the people in the community are very kind the subject is interesting and you're learning day by day uh, and and it, 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 it's a really interesting thing to uh to to be in and as you as you move forward you 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 reach a point that you somehow uh, your your learning curve also flattens so that was I would say one of the most interesting and exciting moments of my origami journeys and yeah, so email and uh, at that time Flickr was also very uh, popular I was also uh uh active in the Flickr Facebook still Flickr and Facebook to the uh I'm amazed that still Flickr and Facebook is popular and active in the origami community people have moved to Instagram now, but still it, they did in the origami community, they did pretty late.
0: It is so interesting to me that even though you told me that you did not find enough sources in Iran, in your country about origami, you were just like, "Huh, never mind. I'm just going to email the writer directly. Why not? Are you normally like this in your life? Like no one, you don't take no for an answer, right? Are you that type of person?
1: <laughs> well, that that's a good point. Uh, normally in my life, I don't know. I don't know if, if I do have this in, in every aspect that I'm encountered with. But one thing that I realized recently is that like, I, I wasn't about aware about this pattern, but I would say actually being naive and stupid in things is good sometimes, like so. So when when you when you grow up, when you get old, when you get wise, as we say, uh, you start to calculate the risks and the rewards of doing a thing. Should I read this book? Should I go into this new job? Should I um, like go into relation with this person? Every everything that happens to you is somehow a calculations of risk and rewards and you unconsciously sometimes do this and then you make a decision but the world and the life is more random uh, random and and more spontaneous and it cannot be calculated it's it's so random that uh you wouldn't never you you never would be able to uh anticipate what would happen if you do something so in in theory on the paper if I was there to give an advice to my younger self. I would say, you're so stupid that you wouldn't know how risky and how hard this journey would be. There's no origami artist that at least I knew of by that like 10 years ago. There was uh, no access to the resources. and. I wasn't able even, uh, I wasn't even able to travel to other countries, uh, because it, I was a student and also the visa was super hard. So by all, all of these things, I would say I was stupid enough to not know how hard it is and just pursue what I wanted to do, like just now. And these little steps, these little, uh, successes and like, uh, motivations and small packages uh, of progress uh, like accumulated and 10 years later uh, put me where I am now. So I wish and I hope to keep my naivety and stupidity and also for my friends to, to explore and also see new things in their life. Because if you start being too... Uh, too cautious, being too, calculative—if that's a word—you uh, would definitely miss on a lot of things, and you would definitely miss on a lot of new experiences. And I would say I I definitely want new experiences in any stage of my life, and I wish because through experiences I learn, um, and and through meeting new people I learn new things, and that's uh, that's one of the main drivers that that keeps me going.
0: Um, This importance of connection and getting to know people, getting to know more and more people and uh, having better and bigger network, I think was also clear when you started this Origami Talk. Can you tell us what it was about and why you started it and how it went on, the whole thing about it?
1: Right, right. Again, getting back to a couple of years ago. So, the the Origami Talk project was started at at the beginning of the quarantine, but uh, its root gets back to many years ago, uh, especially like the thing that I was saying, like walking and listening to uh, uh, Robert Lang's uh, uh, TED Talk. There was also another documentary that that I did the same with, but it... uh, but it was longer and it was in video, so I wasn't able to just uh, listen to that as a podcast, but it was called Between the Folds. The documentary was showcasing different artists in in the origami world, and was not only showing their artworks, uh, but also talking with them. And for the first time that was, so every artist that I was seeing in that documentary, I was like, wow, this is amazing, this is amazing. That was the only thing that I could find by that time, but I wasn't able to find any anything more or at least that, that much well-produced uh, about the origami artists. So, I thought, why not? If I'm traveling to Japan, I, I grab my camera, I, I interview the people, I, I ask about them about why. So, the question I first uh, was asking in 2014 was, why origami or why people should care about origami? and asking that why question from the people so I interviewed the uh, the artist in that meeting and also two years later when I get so uh, I went to Japan like in 2014 2016 and 2017 in all these three uh, trips I, uh, I I did interview a Japanese artists uh, as well as the other artists from other countries because that was an international uh, annual gathering. Um, many artists from all around the world was gathering to uh, talk and share their knowledge about the origami and also give workshops. So that was my chance to interview people. So my interest in, in the life of the origami artists was... Uh, gets back pretty early of my origami journey. But then later on, the problem was uh, I, it was a one-man show. I needed a edit. I, I was too perfectionist about choosing the music I wasn't good with the editing and uh, the the materials and the interviews never uh, got published and it still sits in my hard drives like um, terabytes of of videos and interviews in in my uh, in my computer and my hard drive so that that was unfortunate but when the quarantine hit, uh, the, the, and with the rise of the Zoom meetings, I thought that this is a great time to ease off a little bit on the the quality of the production and more on the content. So I just said, "Okay, I do this." This was this was pretty hard to do in Iran because the payment and uh, and and uh, uh, even Zoom was filtered back then and uh so I, I i was lucky enough to be able to manage all this uh from every every single uh small bits of operation the the project had and the website everything and also the artists were uh, kind enough to accept my invitation to the show and i was able to uh talk with 24 artists in a year it was first weekly event and uh, with about like 70 to 100 live uh, audience. And each session we were talking about the life of the origami artist. from anything, from the mundane things. How do you keep your paper? Where do you keep your paper? Like, how, because you're an origami artist, how do you store them? How many papers do you have? Or wh- what do you do beside origami? Uh, whatever it was, it was somehow structured, but it was also, uh, again, just as what you're doing, it was an interview. It was, I would, um, I would compare that to a, to a chat in a bar instead of in a, in a virtual bar. So, uh, it wasn't me just asking questions from the artist. It was like me driving the conversation to different places that, that I thought might be interesting. And, um, the thing that we weren't doing was folding origami models because uh, you, you could find that in YouTube, in every convention that people attend in the origami. And um, that's also one of the highest asked questions. How do you fold this from the origami artists? But uh, I put that also aside and try to just uh, connect and chat and um, make friends through... Uh, through origami and the subject.
0: Wow, that is so beautiful. I really, I told you this before as well, I really love the whole idea of virtual bar. And it is so important, the fact that you shed light more on the artist behind the art, because I also believe that that art wouldn't have, it, it wouldn't have been here if it was not for the artist behind it, right? Yeah, exactly. And you are one of those. You're also one of those artists. You said that you created your own origami as well, right?
1: right. Yeah. So interesting thing about the series was I, I knew some of the, like, vaguely knew some of the stories, but when the artists were telling them in details, I knew how random was the origami artists came to origami. And like if each and every one of these people had an interesting, random story to share, and um so it was a live event and i never got got a chance to record uh to to again publish when it comes to publishing (laughs) i'm not that that good um but uh i'm hoping i have the recordings hopefully i hope be able to publish them as podcasts or video recordings on on the youtube now that i'm less perfectionist about about the publishing materials
0: so i actually want to ask the question from you because you were asking this question from so many people why origami why should people care about it
1: yeah i I think i partially answered the question but personally for me origami has everything that is interesting in life so it has it gives you the sense of discoverability Uh, so time and time again you discover something whether it has been discovered by other people or not, when you play with the paper, uh, you you could improvise with the paper without caring too much of what happens At the same time it it um, it strengthens your mm, what do you call it? like motor uh, movability or or uh, your hand brain and eye coordination. So it's just an also an exercise to your uh, brain and, our, and your hand. And if you want to get serious about the scientific part, part of origami, um, the geometry and, and the rules behind the origami can get so deep and, um, and, and also it, it has a lot of potential to explore the 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 math and the uh, and and the geometry behind uh, behind the paper also it, it it allows you to if you're if you like teaching and i like teaching this was the the subject that i was teaching in in school universities kindergarten to all ages this is a perfect thing to teach um, whether you want to just make it as a fun subject or combine it with the mathematics, it, it would be also an interesting thing. And if you just want to chat with people or make friends, origami is the thing. It, it, it had worked for me um, many times. I Probably we wouldn't be talking if if I wasn't into origami now. So I, I cherish that and I value that and I would see that uh, thanks to origami. and what else yeah so all these all these different things which gives meaning to my life is in the origami it is also visually and uh visually uh aesthetic and beautiful so as i said i i don't have any what do you call like i'm not sure if the word is correct but prejudice with the origami like I I would happily leave origami if I find something better than origami. (laughs) But I haven't been able because I'm actually not very good at sticking to things. I I, I try many different things. And when it sticks, uh, I'll continue as much as it, it is interesting for me. And so far, origami has been so interesting for me. And if it's not one day, probably I would leave it to uh, something else, but I'm not sure if that, that's, that happens. Like my, again, uh, um, uh, calculating mind says like 10 years of experience might not easily overcome with another subject or, um, I think, but now as, as I move on, I also combine it with, with my work, with my other stuff. So it's, it's not just the origami world. It's, it's as a tool for uh anything that i do in my life so rather than being a separate world that i go into that world and do some stuff and uh attend some stuff it's rather than a world that i can use as a tool in my everyday life and that's a little bit um flipped around uh compared to early early ages and for the people i would say uh i would say it would be also possible for them to Try that because uh it, it, it never it never hurts. It's it's so easy to try like 15 minutes, 20 minutes of this experience. And I would believe that that it is not for all the people. It you you shouldn't be necessarily interested in it. But if you try it and if you be open to it, uh time and time again I've seen people saying that, oh, this is not for me. And I said, Okay, just do this for the next 15 minutes, be open about it. And it changed their mind. So I would also suggest to do that.
0: You're a UX designer right now, right? Okay. So that UX designer part, how did you get to that? How's that even related to origami? <laughs> right. Is it something that you do like a side hustle? Because <laughs> it does not <laughs> seem like origami is the side hustle, you know? Uh,
1: currently, it, the origami is somehow the side hustle because I'm, I'm full-time in, you know, uh, an employee of the Cafe Bazaar. But yeah, it, it doesn't seem from the outside uh, because of the social media and things that I post on the social media, which is uh, mostly origami. But uh, how did it happen? So, as I said, I tried many different things in my life. So, in when I was in high school and was studying for the, the uh, Concours uh, exam, I got so bored about just learning how to overcome the exam rather than learning the subject that I rejected uh, studying for university. That's why I took the exam for the second year. And instead I was uh, trying different things, learning new like 3D softwares, 3Ds max, uh, learning how to design websites. I've I've always been interested in, in design related subjects and uh uh studying Italian uh, by self studying and chatting with with italian friends uh so these this um, designing website was something that I wanted to do for for a long time, but I wasn't able to um, to learn that uh to the point that I could work and and I choose it as a job because it required coding. And I wasn't very good and still am not good at coding. And um, so it, it always put me off. So you could do the design somehow, but you needed some knowledge of the HTML, CSS, JavaScript to uh, put all of these together. Uh, so because I didn't have that coding skill and also mm, no friend to cover that part for me, it never became any any serious. Later on, when I went to Japan and came back and it, Like I got more serious about making origami as my, uh, main source of income. I had to manage a small team and I had to learn about the, uh, startup culture and how a team would, uh, be developed and how can I introduce origami as a service or a product. So, uh, again, I went back to the sources about the startups, uh, one of the books that I learned uh, that I read was Lean Startup. And I was also seeing courses on on uh, how to start a startup by Stanford, which is freely and publicly available. And that was the time that I got back into designing websites uh, again. But this time it was easier because the tools were more uh, tools did the job easier by eliminating the coding part. I was able to design the website without knowing how to code Uh, i mean i knew i knew the basics but i didn't know it so well that i write down the codes uh for my own website so when this cracked i started designing different websites for myself for my friends i also took uh contract jobs of designing websites and it was like uh And it was like a fun thing. And I was also learning more about the UX. Uh, At the same time, I I got randomly connected through Origami uh, with a friend who was working in Cafe Bazaar. And he suggested me to apply for the job. But the time he told me was like in 2017, the summer of 2017. I was in Japan. I said, I'm not able to apply for the job. I'm in the middle of... uh, a trip, backpacking, and stuff. But uh, I would when I got back to Iran, and I did that. And um, I was lucky enough to got accepted to the uh, to to uh, pass the interview and got accepted as an employee. And since then, um, it was the only thing that could compete with origami. And to be honest, for two years or um, uh, or so I completely put aside the origami because it was so, uh, interesting. And also at the same time, uh, teaching me new stuff that I was interested about, uh, along with working with the beautiful, beautiful and smart people, uh, that I could learn from in, in the company. And then just with the start of the quarantine, I thought I need something to get away from all that uh craziness in in the work and in the world so i again got back to origami and defined the origami talk project as well as getting more uh getting more in touch with the origami community again
0: ali what is your plan in five years where are you standing? What projects are you handling? What the future holds?
1: Well, this is the question I would uh, I would have no answer to because when I went to Cafe Bazaar, I never had a, a plan to stay there more than like five or six months. But it took me four years. Now it was the same for origami. Anything that I picked, anything that I chose, I had no plan uh, to to uh, to what do what would I do with that? But to give you a, a rough idea, I may some of the some of the ideas that are uh, going through my mind related to origami is that uh, I would like the origami to be more accessible to the people in in a different way than YouTube. Uh, as I said, Origami Talk was an attempt to that to not only learn about origami but get more motivated and to get more get um get to know the artist behind the uh behind the uh uh, behind the artworks so what i would like to do is somehow related to teaching origami and getting it more accessible to the people i'm also an origami diagrammer which means that i diagram um, illustration technical drawings of the steps for my own designs and other people designs i'm currently working with Um, with a fabulous uh, uh, origami artist on, on her book, which will be published in a year, I guess. And so maybe publishing a book is also in origami for myself and for other people is something that I'm interested about. But, uh, but usually I don't have a clear idea of what I want to do. So it's, it's very short term. It's very like uh, flexible in terms of, uh, what I would like to do with the origami.
0: This is good. This is good. The the only reason I actually asked this question because I hated when people asked this question for me myself. The only reason I asked this from my guests is to show people that you don't really need to have like a perfect solid plan that I'll do this and then this and then this and in 5 years I'll be this. Right, right. Because you don't really know what the future holds, right? So you have a vague idea of, okay, I'm going to go this way. This is what I'm thinking about right now. And maybe tomorrow you just change. You become a different person and you have a different plan for your five years. This is perfect. Perfect answer. Perfect answer was no answer. So you got it. (laughs) Great.
1: (laughs) I got the point.
0: Yes, you got it. Um, Adi, tell our people where they can find you. The Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whatever handle you have, just share it with them.
1: Right. I'm I'm mostly active on my Instagram, which is uh, ali b h m n i, and um that's that's where I post uh, about my journey and my uh, uh, things about the origami. If if something happens related to origami, um, that's where I post mostly. I'm also have been active a little bit in Twitter, which is mostly in Persian, and that's AB Origami. And yeah, I think that's that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. You can also you can also send me emails if you're uh, more email uh, oriented to uh, alibmn at signgmail.com. But but uh, um,
0: what if they want to send letters?
1: Uh, that's that's
0: wow. That,
1: I'm I'm sorry we didn't talk about letters. <laughs> so because I have I have a whole story about the letters to tell you. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. Okay, so as I said, I was I was emailing the origami artist. But what was really different about the community was these people were sending letters, postal cards, and packages. So we were exchanging like uh, snail mail packages to each other, and I kept each and every uh, uh, um, uh, envelope and and card, postal cards. Not not only the uh, the the what was inside the envelopes, but the envelopes. So like large uh, bags of uh, envelopes with the name of these artists and the address of these people. I've kept them, I, I'm actually a person that doesn't throw away, uh, stuff regularly, especially if it's related to papers, anything paper related. So, um, I, I keep, I keep the, uh, uh, papers of like gums when I find them interesting or chocolates and stuff mm-hmm. and like flatten them, uh, to, to fold them later. And also these envelopes is one of the things that I've kept them. So to be honest, my favorite way of connecting with the people is through letters. And I've started this recently. I bought a a, a mechanical typing machine to, uh, to start corresponding with people and in, in the old, in the old ways. So definitely if you're a person that is um that sends uh, packages postal cards or looking for pen friends i'm 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 asking you to yeah uh do this so you can send me a message in my instagram or email to exchange the addresses oh
0: this is so cute i'm gonna do this as well because like we're not living in the same country even right so let's just do this i love it it's so cool okay um uh, what is one thing you want to leave the listeners of this podcast with?
1: Wow, this is a little bit hard. So I would say curiosity happens when you care less about the outcome of your of, of what you're doing. So the more you care less about what would happen if I just fail or what would happen if I just don't go uh, in a way that most of, most people have gone, probably it automatically uh, contributes to your curiosity rather than uh, using cu- curiosity as a way to getting better results.
0: Ali, thank you so, 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 so much for accepting my invitation. Let's wrap the show up. Um, you say your goodbye to the audience in whatever way you want to do it, and then I will do my own version of goodbye. Go ahead.
1: Right. All right. I, um, I hope those who listen to this... Uh, found it interesting and there, there's so much to, to say about the origami and the people and, and how I got connected with, with the people but what I would say is that um, I hope I had inspired you to just get a little bit more curious about origami. And I don't know what would happen. How do you make use of the origami? I don't know if it changes your life or it's just a fun thing to try for fifteen minutes, and you just put it aside. But whatever that is, I hope I had to be. I, I was able to uh, uh, give you a little bit of a nudge, give you a little bit of an inspiration to uh, go in that direction. And with that, if that happens, I'm more happy and more content with uh, the long, long journey that I have been uh, in for the last 10 years. And hope you have a great time.
0: Perfect. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. This was yet another episode of If I Did, You Can Too. And until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>